computer. Come on, computer. Don't fail me now, please. What are you trying to look up? He's trying to find trying the dog to... still. Or, no, he's in here. I got the dog. Relax, everybody. Everybody just breathe, okay? <laughs> we can hear breathe. you breathe. Take a, take a big deep <laughs> breath. <laughs> okay. We'll go. Keep this in. Keep it all in. All, all of it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 14 of Just for Chirps. As always, my name is Seth Whitehouse, alongside Anthony Colasuno and Chevy Blackburn. But we have a very, very, very special guest with us today. He is a basketball connoisseur, personal best friend of Duke men's basketball coach, John Shire. <laughs> don't, don't believe it. Go check it on Twitter. Pretty cool. Well, I got the cameo to prove it. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> he does got that cameo pretty pretty solid. Uh he once got dunked on slash yammed on by Kyle Singler in an AAU tournament. He is a doctor, a sports doctor, basically. Dr. Hayden Coombs. Hayden, thank you for joining us. Hey, excited to be here, boys. How's uh how's everything going? Pretty solid. Good, yeah. Just same old vibing. stuff. They in vibing in this summer i don't know seth you always have something going on crazy bro i was just telling you before we got on here got like a five alarm fire going on here at twila so everything's kind of going crazy a little bit but it's okay we'll survive we're here we're devoted to this show so we're we're here yeah things are good we're super happy to have you on here with us it's been a while i will have to apologize for some of my uh compatriots here in in this show for asking you to do this show on father's day that yeah they were like that was oh, that was a huge brain fart you, you guys <laughs> you guys don't understand how much this guy loves ball i was like i know this guy loves ball but he's got kids too we gotta we gotta realize this but i did before well really uh chevy putting that together kept me out of trouble so Oh, I, really? I was down to do it. It wasn't until he was like, oh, crap, it's Father's Day. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't then, huh? <laughs> I was, Seth texted me. He's like, I can't. I was like, I was like, wait. And I look, he told me, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Pretty funny, but. We're really happy to have you here uh, with I'm us. Father, it's my day. I should be able to do what I want on Father's That's Day. That's true. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it should work like that, I guess. No, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, so awesome. Uh, so for those of you who do not know, Hayden is one of our professors, been a mentor to all three of us down there at Southern Utah. Really awesome guy. Uh, does a lot of communications type stuff. And in his previous uh, work experience, actually covered the NBA and the NBA draft for Bleacher Report. Um, also worked with the Phoenix Suns, did a whole bunch of different stuff. So he, he knows what he's talking about. He does no ball, in fact. So uh, happy to get him on. Just because we're going to cover the NBA draft here a little bit, Hayden. You did a lot of mock draft stuff 
did a lot of thing, went and traveled to a lot of places. Do you have like your biggest, like one you got right and the biggest one you got wrong from like your, your time covering the NBA draft that you could share with us? Oh man. Um, I'm curious. What about your, what about your Quinn Cook take? So, Ooh. Quinn Cook's still going to break into the league. He's got an NBA championship. I will not stop <laughs> with Quinn Cook playing there. The, 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 the thing with the NBA draft is, like, everyone has the guy they got right, the guy they got wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it was, gosh, I'm trying to think. Uh, my first draft that I worked was... I was still just like part-timing it, right? I, I So I'd gotten on with Bleacher Report because I did an internship and then they kept me on. And so I was still in that stage between like, I'm not an intern anymore, but you know, people still don't trust me. And that was the 2011 NBA draft. Um, if you remember 2011, that was the, <clears throat> that was the Kyrie Irving draft, right? Going into to that draft, the... The big question was Kyrie Irving or Derek Williams out of uh, Arizona. <laughs> um, my my hot take from that draft was I don't know if you guys remember, but Enos Cantor wasn't able to play in college. Right, he committed to Kentucky, came over, enrolled in school, and the NCAA deemed him ineligible. So he just basically oh. sat and practiced that whole year. And and my my hot take going into that draft was if Cantor is uh, if Cantor was able to play in the NCAA, he would have been the first round. He would have been the first overall pick. That dude was just so <laughs> impressive. Yeah. He's like the, the workout maestro, right? He, he just was killing everyone at Kentucky. And, you know, Kentucky's always got dogs. Um he was he was just far and beyond the best player in college, and I just remember thinking, "Gosh, that that's going to be the guy, right?" So while I, of course, would have taken Kyrie Irving first, my my hot take was that Cantor was going to be the best player out of that draft, and we all know how that <laughs> ended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm yeah. trying to think another another player in that 2011 draft I fell in love with was Marshawn Brooks um, out of Providence. He got drafted by Boston. I really liked him because he just come off the bench and just score, 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 score. Like um, mm. every every time that guy gets signed to like a 10 day contract, I'm always like, oh, this is it. This is when he comes finally breaks into the league. But I don't know. He's probably like 40 now. But in that draft, one pick I got right was jimmy butler i was i in one of the the few articles i've i've held on to i actually have an article i wrote talking about how chicago drafted their lebron stopper and jimmy butler and how this guy had potential to be all nba defense and how he can figure out how to make it work with derrick rose this team was going to do big things and obviously you know i i was right about a lot of it but at the same time yeah Derrick Rose's knee explodes. Jimmy Butler <laughs> and Derrick Rose don't really get along. They yeah. don't like the coach. Like it all just kind of goes to hell. But I yeah. look back on that and I'm like, dang, I I knew what I was talking about once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, Jimmy Butler leaving your poor 
your poor bulls there. I probably had to had to hurt a little bit, but oh yeah, it was it's it's been really great to watch uh, Zach Levine <laughs> fill in for him last few years. Oh right? no, no, this, no, this is this is what me and Chevy have been saying when we were trying to get you on. We're like, let's just let him and Anthony like go back and forth. Anthony's big thing right now for the bulls oh. to is is a. Uh, just blow that shit up. Blow, yeah. blow the whole thing up. That's Anthony. Yeah. yeah, no one, no one, no one, no fans want to watch their team play for the play-in, right? And yeah. that's all Chicago no, yeah. doing is we're, we're playing for a 7, 8, 9, 10 seed. And we just got the bad news that Lonzo's not playing for another year, which, I mean, we already knew that dude would never play again. But, man, it's uh. It's brutal. Brutal time to to be a Chicago Bulls fan right now. So no, I'm right there with you. Blow it up. Nothing yeah. Nothing makes me die faster than watching, you know, Kobe White bring the ball up court. And the second <laughs> that he passes half court, you see Zach Levine waving his arms like, Give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball, I'm open. And it's like, damn, dude, there's still twenty seconds on the shot clock. Like I yeah. run the play. Right. He's <laughs> totally isolating his man, just got him all sealed off. And you're like, okay, easy too. Nope. Zach wants that 30 foot jumper. It's it's so true. And I, I don't know if you feel the same way about Damar, but I know Anthony said he's he's old and and unwashed, but Yeah, I love Damar. I love him so much that we need to trade him to a contender because that's what we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does though. Uh, I feel so bad. Uh, what's it called, Anthony? You should. Uh, what's your take on the Bulls going for D Rose again? I just want him to hear it. It's a great nostalgic moment. No, no, know? no. Say it how you said it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I am not a fan of it because Derrick Rose. Literally, his legs are bionic at this point. Like, there's nothing left in them. Right. And That's why it's pl- a good idea. What? <laughs> <laughs> Derek Rose isn't going to help the Bulls win any games, and we don't want to win any games. So, bring him onto the team. Let him play as many games or as many minutes a night as his his knees can handle. We're still going to lose whether he's on the team or not. You might as well give us someone to cheer for. That's basically what I told you on Sunday. It was. It was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You still did not say it how you said it. There were some There were some other words. <laughs> D-Rose D- might be a, a little uh, trash, a little washed, but well, that's okay. That's okay. We don't, have to, we don't have to get into that, okay? That man's done more with one ACL than you guys could do with <laughs> True. That's that's fair enough. That's very, very, very true. But we're gonna get into. I I just gotta say one more thing about my boy Derrick Rose. (laughs) He is perhaps uh, he's he's definitely in my top ten favorite players of all time. I got this poster. I put it in my son's room. It like almost makes me cry every time I look at it. It's uh, an artist did it. It's of Derek Rose right after his knee got blown out, right? So he's laying there on the ground. And in real life, Noah and, and the trainer came and picked him up. But it's Derek Rose as a Nick with his like dreads and everything picking him up. And so it's like old Derek Rose helping up young Derek Rose. It's that's the, really sick. That's single most beautiful cool. piece of art that exists 
Um, I think it should be hanging in the Louvre. It is gets me emotional <laughs> every time I look at it. Those posters are always dope with like athletes who overcame something. Those are always sick yeah. to see. Or athletes yeah. who never really recovered, like uh, like T Rose. But sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we will get here get into some NBA stuff here though. As always, we kind of like to start local on this show, Hayden. So the big news here in Utah is the Utah Jazz, Jazz have traded Rudy Gay and a protected second round pick for John Collins. And just to start with you, Hayden, I feel like we're getting John Collins for like nothing here. Almost. What yeah, did what what did Atlanta don't like about him, and what are your what's your reaction to this? So Atlanta's been trying to move on from John Collins for since the beginning of the now. season, basically. Oh, I mean, he, he, even back into to last summer, I don't know if you guys remember that it was right after the Jazz traded Gobert and Don that Atlanta was basically telling teams like, okay, if you guys want John Collins, this guy's an uh, all-star, young still, uh, we expect that kind of trade package. Obviously, they weren't going to get 30 draft picks like the Jazz got for Rudy and Don, but mm-hmm. they wanted something in that ballpark, right? And just a year of him being disgruntled and no one willing to trade for him, it just tanked his trade value he had none to basically to the point where it became a salary dump right so yeah instead of atlanta really getting anything back for him they're just trying to move on from him and luckily i think it was from the mitchell trade that was the trade exemption that utah had uh used in this trade they were able to just package that exemption with rudy go or with rudy gay and what two second round picks it to, was, I think it was one, and it was protected, too. Yeah, so basically nothing, right? And uh, get get a player that still has all-star potential. It's, it's crazy how patient Danny Ainge was and how this really just played into to the Jazz, uh, into their future. I mean, John Collins is still only 25. Like, mm. he's, he's got years on him still so crazy crazy good deal for the jazz and like i said for the hawks you would have thought they'd be able to get something better for him but they tried for over a year and it never happened and so at this point it's just time to move on for them for sure i i agree there it's it's kind of weird how that all played out i think his play kind of dropped significantly there uh, this last year and it might have been that relationship a little bit unsure, um, but now we got him. And staying here with you, Hayden, just one more. You, I think you know John Collins' skill set. What, just to like sell it to Jazz fans, what are we getting if John Collins is at his best? If, if John Collins is at his best, you got a, a 20 and 10 <laughs> dude in his mid-20s still, you know? like Yeah. It really was only like two years ago, John Collins was consistent 20 and 10 forward, who was one of the best pick and roll finishers with Trey Young as his point guard. So what you're getting with John Collins is 
super athletic dog, someone who is really going to fill in a lot of those holes that the Jazz front court is missing, right? You already got your great rim protector. You got your stretch forward. I mean, John Collins can stretch it too, but I think he's most effective, you know, as that pick and roll finisher and, and versatile too. I mean, there's, there's so many options that the Jazz have in the front court right now. It's in, in one summer, they became the the deepest front court in, in the NBA. It's, it's pretty insane. So it's, it's something the Jazz should be excited about. It's only a three-year contract, so it's not really putting Utah in any long-term binds or anything. And if they showcase him, another team falls in love with him, they can trade him in February. So, I mean, the, there wasn't a lot of, of downside or risk for, for Utah here. For sure. For sure. Uh, Chevy, moving up to you now, just because I know you're another Jazz fan and, and you love seeing all these moves being made. How do you think, I know Hayden said a lot of it there, but how do you feel he fits in with his Jazz squad and what are you looking forward to the most here? I think he fits in like really perfectly like Hayden was saying. Versatile, can do everything basically. Mm-hmm. And honestly, as a Jazz fan, the one thing I want is just a good guard. If we could get a good guard, <laughs> the team would be pretty scary. Yeah, for sure. Well, That's- One thing I, I read a lot on Twitter is some jazz fans being confused about how he's going to why why trade for John Collins or why draft Taylor Hendricks when you know you were trading for John Collins or why do this now when we've just committed a a top 10 pick to Taylor Hendricks and i i think some of those comments were pretty short-sighted in the sense of i don't know if you guys watched Taylor Hendricks play at all but mm-hmm. i mean this is another player that has tons and tons of potential right Mm-hmm. But this dude was barely even – I don't even think he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school last year. He was kind of an under-the-radar guy, had a great year in at UCF. But he needs time. Like, Taylor Hendricks is not going to be that rookie that comes in and immediately plays 30 minutes a night and contributes. Like, he could be that guy, but he's he's still really young right that was an upside pick so mm-hmm. a lot like I said, a lot of people kind of confused about how they're gonna how that works together i mean worst case scenario john collins starts the next two years and then gets relegated to a bench role when hendrix is ready to step up so i didn't think that was that was a problem uh at all with what they did in terms of meshing with their draft and i mean you guys see the nba and how teams you know have to manage loads and everything like that like you need more big guys that can play those their bodies just break down faster so i think long term it's it's going to be something that benefits both those guys for sure and that's that's really interesting didn't really didn't really know much about hendrix coming into this draft sure had a lot of hype but there are a lot of people saying that he needs some time to develop like a lot of the rest of that first round draft class there's there's going to be need to be some uh, developing there for, for all of them. Anthony, moving forward to you now, kind of going a different direction, but staying with the Jazz. Jordan Clarkson uh, is, a lot of people are thinking he's going to test the waters and extend that player option. Do you think it's important for the Jazz to bring a guy like that back, even if it is going to be some money in their cap and 
might be expensive. Do you think that's important for the Jazz to bring back because he is kind of proven he has had a lot of production? Or do you think it might be better just to, to let him go and let him be free? I would say it's worth a shot bringing him back. You know, if you look, you look at, you know, this, you know, last season averaging, you know, 20, you know, 20 point points per game, you know, so, you know, pretty decent scorer and yeah, he only played 61 games, but you know, he's, if the jazz bring him back, it's going to be, it has to be good for a decent, decently good contract. You know, mm-hmm. don't overpay the man to the point where it's like, uh, he's earning money that he probably shouldn't be earning. But same point in time, you don't want to give him a contract that's underpaid and he gets pissed off or he signs for way, way less money than he should. And then some then he will then another team will be like, Hey, Trade him to us, and we'll give him the money. You know, you know stuff like that. So I think it is definitely worth a shot for um, the Jazz to resign him, but it has to be for the right price. You don't want you don't want to overpay just in case Clarkson does fall off a cliff because there has been those moments in his career where it looks like the guy can't do anything. That's fair. I I think he he's been a big help here in Utah. But but I, it is right. Do you guys know Trevor Hayden? Do you know if the, the exact numbers that it might cost to sign back Jordan Clarkson? Yeah, I have. So, it's like his is twelve point seven million. So right he now has have... a, he has a player option for this year, and his I think his player option is for a little over fourteen million. Right. So with the player option, he's got all the control, whether he wants to stay in Utah or not. Most of the time when you have these guys on player options, even if they opt out, they're just going to renegotiate a new deal. And that's kind of what Clarkson's figuring out right now is he he, he was basically given the keys last year, right? And mm-hmm. so his stock probably isn't going to get much higher. So he opts out right now. This is his last shot at a big payday. I mean, he's 31. He's been in the league for nine years, going on 10 years. It, a lot of history shows that about the time a guard turns 30, their production starts to dip pretty drastically. And so that's that's the kind of the concern that, that you know, Anthony is alluding to is, you know, that the, the Jazz want to keep him. We're looking, I mean, definitely if they could get him for the mid, the full mid-level, which would be, like I think what you said, Chevy, like twelve like four. Yeah, twelve four or something like that, I think. But I think a contender would probably pay more for him for the next few years. Utah will probably have to pay a premium to keep him because I mean that's let's be honest, like he is the most popular person in Salt Lake City. Oh yeah. Everyone loves Clarkson. He's he's definitely the leader of that team. That's important to have those high character, hardworking guys on a team full of young players too, you know. It's not like the old days when a team wanted to blow it up and they just signed a whole bunch of, you know, 18 to 23 year olds. You, you you need some of these guys to kind of set the pace and everything. But like Anthony was saying, if if the Jazz say, OK, we'll match whatever contract you get. We want to keep you. We'll give you 
you know, if they give him 15 million this next year, you know, the year after that, that 15 million, 16, then 17, then 18. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon you're paying, you know, a 35 year old guard who can only play six, seven good minutes a night, 18 million. And that's a significant chunk of your, your cap. So I think the ideal scenario for Utah would be able to use them in a sign and trade, right? Like that, that you, you, you want him to, to stick around, but if you're going to lose him, you might as well not lose him for nothing. So figure out yeah. some type of, of contract that, that keeps him and his next team happy and see what you can get out of them. Exactly. Got to get something out of the deal. And also if, if they do go that way, you want to make sure he's, he's good and he's going to a place where he can succeed like that because he's done so much for us, but very true, very interesting. And it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens in with this whole developing thing right here. Moving forward now with different stores in the NBA, I'll stay, I'll go with here with you, Chevy. All over Twitter, I've been seeing windy memes, and they're some of my favorite memes of all time. The what's going on in Utah, the pointing back and forth, all that kind of stuff. And it seems like he's trying to do that now, but here in Cleveland, he said something to the fact of there's some pretty crazy stuff going down in Cleveland. I'm not allowed to talk about them because I get in trouble, but just keep your eye on Cleveland. You have things listed here, and it might be Darius Garland on the move. I've seen people say it's Donovan Mitchell on the move. Probably not happening. But what do you think is going on in Cleveland right now? I think they need, they're kind of realizing what Utah did, and they need a defending guard with mm. Donovan if they want to win. Because even though he can play defense and he likes to show it early in the year, he doesn't really show it much. Like, Come playoff time. It's yeah. all offense from him. And that's going to be one thing they really have to do, though. Like, because they have so many guards on, like, free agency or player options, too. So I think trading Garland for, like, somebody who can defend and play, like, a two or a three alongside mm-hmm. Mitchell would be, like, perfect. For sure. And I. I don't know if I want to put you on the spot here, but if, if you're the Cavs, do you have an eye on anyone that that would be that kind of defensive guard that, that you're saying there? Um, On the spot. First I thing mean, off your head, go. They could go Paul George since he's been like in rumors, but mm. hasn't Boston like basically shut down um, Jalen Brown's Jaylen rumors? Brown? I think so. I'm not completely sure. That's like what I've heard. So, I mean, I, yeah. he would be my first option, but mm-hmm. I, if they shut it down, I'd say Paul George because I know that the Clippers might be looking to kind of move on because that, yeah. that duo hasn't really worked. It, it honestly hasn't. It's, it's been back and forth, up and down the entire time, uh, whether it's been injuries or, or whatever. But that would be very interesting. It would shake up everything there in Cleveland. Hayden, do you kind of feel the same way? It's, it's, it's Garland going before anyone else out there. Um, no, I don't. Um, okay. I think uh, Darius Garland. I think he's he certainly has the more movable contract than you know, like Donovan does. But I think, I mean, at least a lot of what I've read is. I think Cleveland soured on Don pretty quickly 
because Donovan Mitchell's been pretty I mean from the moment he got drafted he wanted to be in New York and yeah. let people know that right <laughs> um he had some great years in Utah people loved him I think for the most part he loved Utah back but as soon as those trade rumors start popping up he wants to be in New York like he made it very clear at every possible turn he wants to be in New York and I don't think that's changed in Cleveland. I think they thought that a, a change of scenery would keep him happy. And I, I think it's one of those poorly kept secrets around the league that as soon as he is an un, uh, an unrestricted free agent, which he hasn't been yet in his career, he's going to go sign with New York. And so I think Cleveland's already like, uh, gosh, if we're going to lose him, we might as well trade him for something. We might as well try to get... I mean, New York wouldn't trade Brunson, but they would happily give away R.J. Barrett and something for Donovan Mitchell. So I think that was that that could be a possibility of what Windhorse was alluding to. Other part was I really, really like Jared Allen, but I mean, in the playoffs, if if you can't stretch the floor, if you can't contribute more on on offense, you're you're pretty unplayable. And the Cavs found them in a spot where they had this all-star center who they couldn't play. And so I think Jared Allen could also be a, a big possibility to be the one that's on his way out. Interesting. I'll say this. If Wendy's saying all this about Jared Allen, I might be a little upset because he got my hopes up about someone big, big leaving. But... <laughs> well, I will say that one point to Chevy, uh, one person I would look out for if, if they do, if it is Garland that's on the move, I'd be interested to see, uh, a sign and trade with Darius Garland going to the Nuggets for Bruce Brown. Ooh. Perfect fit next to Don. That's someone that will 100% always guard the other team's best perimeter player. Like, Well, don't you think that's to... kind of similar to... I personally think Brown's better, but what the Jazz did with Royce O'Neal pairing with him? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of comparison there, I think. That would be... Be pretty interesting. I think it'd be wild to see Bruce Brown leave right as soon as he wins that that championship. But that was that was a very well timed championship for him. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> and he had a great yeah. great playoffs too. I mean, just regular season, they picked it up at the end for the Nuggets off the of, bench. A bunch, a bunch of clutch moments. But that would be insane if uh, if Don leaves. Uh, it, there always has been that sense of he wants to be in New York. Isn't his dad like the owner of the freaking Mets? He's in like the management, I think, or like something like that. I don't think he's an owner. Could be wrong. I've just seen he's always was when he was in Utah. At least he was always going there to take like BP and stuff and all that. Yeah, so it's it's pretty pretty clear that he wants to be there. Kind of shocked that they couldn't have figured something out with him in the in the when he was leaving Utah, but. Should be pretty interesting. Moving forward here, going to you, Anthony. This has been a highly, highly debated topic by a bunch of the talking heads on all the ESPN and everything. <laughs> Where is he going to go? I'm seeing little Instagram posts of him playing Welcome to Miami on a boat or in some sort of a party. Damian Lillard, and I'll say this right now, 
I'm so sicky here, and where's Dame going? What's he gonna do? Where? <laughs> I I just wanted to pick something and do it at this point because I'm sick of hearing about it. But Anthony, do you think Damian Lillard is still up in the air? Do you think there's a lot of things pointing to him going to Miami, or how do you feel about this? There's so many things pointing in there, like in every single direction. Like Miami is definitely in the plans, I think still. Um, I think they're probably the favorite to grab him. I've heard Brooklyn might be a place that he could go to. But also I've heard things that he may want to, you know, that Portland's going to try to keep him or get the right, the absolute right deal for him. So literally there's arrows in all sorts of directions about Damian Lillard right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if before the season starts, there's a trade that Damian Lillard gets trade to Miami or a, or a contender that's willing to pay the right pli- right price to Portland. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't be surprised if something happens. They I believe they did make some sort of statement during the draft that they weren't in a trade or something. I'm, I'm unsure about that there for sure, but. I, I really don't know. And and switching over to you, Hayden, this is just such a weird situation, and I just feel like he's got to go somewhere. Do you think he – it's kind of the same question with Anthony, but do you think there is a possibility of that happening? But Or he's always been that kind of guy that's, I'm going to stay here and win it on my own, the journey, the journey, the journey. Do you think he's kind of had enough and, and wants to wants to move? Yeah, so, I mean, as a, a proud Oregonian, there's nothing I love more than to see Damian Lillard succeed in Portland, right? But, like, he's had his playoff success there. Obviously, they've never won a championship or anything with him. But dude's getting old, right? He's got a few more years left of uh, of being an, a, an elite basketball player. So I think it's right for both parties for him to go. I think what we're seeing right now is a standoff between Portland and Dame where they both want to be the good guy, right? That Damien doesn't want to come out and say like, yeah, I want to be traded. I want to leave Portland. In a way, it'd be kind of like waving the white flag because forever he said, no, we can win here. I want to compete here. I don't want to go anywhere else. I don't want to go to a super team, Right. So I think he's basically waiting for Portland to say, we want to rebuild and let him go. That way he can continue to say, oh, yeah, I wanted to spend my whole career there. I never asked for a trade, blah, 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 blah. Right? Yeah. But at the same time, it's a whole lot easier for Portland to move on from what arguably the greatest trailblazer in franchise history mm-hmm. to – if he wants to leave, if he comes out and says, yeah, I want to go play for a contender. I don't want to rebuild again. Right. So I, I think that's what's going on right now. I think both sides want him gone, to be completely honest. But wow. neither wants to say, I want out. Right. Huh. I think eventually something's going to crack. I think it'll most likely, I know. The, the whole thing around figuring out where he's going to go, when he's going to go. I know it got rescheduled because 
Portland's GM was in France or something. I think that's a really, really neat time for Dame's camp to say, oh, they obviously don't care about him. He's disrespected. They're not even in the country. It's time to move on, right? Like, and honestly, like, you guys know how this goes. Like, when there's a player that means so much to a franchise, every time they leave, it's not a bad thing. It's not like when LeBron left Cleveland the first time and everyone was burning his jerseys and everything. Like, Dame's been in Portland a long time, and he's won a lot of games with Portland, and he's lost a lot of games with Portland. So I think the vast majority of the fan base would be happy to see him go and 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 succeed somewhere else, to be honest. But I, I really think that's all it is right now, is it's just a a standoff right now. Who's gonna who's gonna ask out first and who's gonna be the bad guys in the media? But long term, it doesn't really matter because uh, I agree with Anthony. Like he's 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 gone. There's there's no way Portland's gonna. I I, I mean, if they do choose to to stand pat and keep him, they've got to move Anthony Simons. They've got to re-sign Jeremy Grant. So like, there's a lot that has to happen if they're going to keep him. And there's just, you know, he's already been linked to Miami. Utah's been sniffing around for years. Like oh, there's, there's plenty of places that that could land Dame and and give Portland back, you know, something that they'd actually want, like draft capital. Gotcha. And it it makes sense. I feel like that relationship's just been really like just way, going by the wayside. And yeah, and if real quick, Hayden, where so he's on the move. What do you think? Where would you put all your money on for him to be going? Would it be Miami? Yeah. I mean, it looks like Dallas is is re-signing Kyrie as of this morning. So um, the teams that can absorb his contract, there's not a ton of them out there. And, I mean, we just saw another amazing Miami run through the playoffs. I And at the end of the day, they just didn't have enough, right? Like, yeah, Jimmy Butler is good, but... He's not, I'm going to take, I'm going to make Max Struess look like an all-star good, you know? So <laughs> let, let, let's get another big-time yeah. player in there. I mean, in, in watching Bam out of bio rolling off the pick-and-roll with Dame, like that would be that would be amazing to watch. So for Dame, I, I want Miami. I, I want him to, to go to a team that he can win immediately and he can get those nice Florida tax breaks and kind of the opposite of Oregon where they take all of his money there. He could just keep all of his money. So mm-hmm. that would be good. For sure. For sure. Moving along here. I'm not really sure. So I'm going to ask you this Chevy. I have this on our notes. It says Deandre Ayton slash Tobias Harris casually Philly fans would trade for a crumble cookie. Oh yeah, I put <laughs> <laughs> So is that is that so, something brewing that you did did you not see that quote from Tobias Harris? No. So he said like literally casual Philly fans would trade me for a crumble cookie. <laughs> <laughs> like that's exactly what he said and then he went on about like paraphrasing uh, kind of what he yeah. said. You can't get like a three and D six nine four if he plays 70 games and stuff like that 
And like I agree with him, but for that contract, blah 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 blah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he he had his little rant. I think he's been tired of being in trade rumors for at least he knows years, though, right? Four years. At least he can be cool about it and come out and and, and talk about it. Like yeah, that. I just thought it was hilarious how he went yeah, about no, it. Yeah, no, no, that that actually brings up a very very good topic. There is there's a lot of people that watch that Eastern conference finals and everything that are talking about the Sixers need to do something as well. Is Tobias Harris gone in your opinion? Is that the, uh, I would think so because what I've heard and seen on Twitter and stuff like this morning is that Philly is like planning to pitch Harden a contract worth a bit more than what his player mm-hmm. option would have been. I think putting somebody else around Harden and Embiid would help. Because, I mean, we've seen how long has he been in Philly for Tobias Harris? Like six or seven years now? Seven. I want to say seven. Yeah, and they haven't done what they needed to do, basically. And he's been on a max. So I'd say he's the next piece to go if they want to keep going with the duo of Harden and Embiid. Because I think that's mm-hmm. a duo that does, uh, like a combination that does work for them. Just finding mm-hmm. the pieces around it, I guess. And it also yeah. gives them more money to spend. So, yeah, exactly. And l- let's be honest outside of Harden and Embiid, sometimes they're not going. And Tobias Harris really hasn't been that guy. As much as I love Junkyard Dog, uh, PJ Tucker, <laughs> he. he he won't help, so so they gotta do something. Gotta make a move. Aiden, go go on you for this just this last one. Are you kind of on the same way, the same wavelength there with Chevy about Tobias Harris and everything? We have a lot of options here in this that they could go get. Pascal Siakam is is an option here. Paul George, a bunch of other things. Do you do you feel like Tobias Harris is is out as well? Um, yeah, I do. He, uh, I think part of his shtick right now with, you know, being active on social media and making people laugh with his retweets and stuff like that is, I think he's trying to save a little face because Mm. the whole, I mean, through, through the entire Eastern conference playoffs, the narrative that kept being pushed was Jimmy Butler looking at the camera and saying (laughs) Tobias Harris instead of me you know he's he's got some image repair that he needs to do right now because poor poor Tobias kind of got dragged by Jimmy there for a while but uh also I think his fit in in Philadelphia was always strange you know like Tobias Harris I think would look a lot better next to just one of those rim protecting bigs that don't offer a ton on offense, right? Where, where instead he can be more involved with, with the offense. But what he got was a lot of standing in the corner and, you know, which with, with a player of that caliber, like that's not what you do. And that's not necessarily his, his strength either, you know? So I think it's, it's, it would be perfect time for a nice split. Um, I personally wouldn't want to, if I were in Tobias Harris's shoes, I wouldn't want to attach my future to James Harden. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like Harden. He's one of the most impressive players I've ever seen, but he was noticeably worse this year than the year before. Oh, yeah. And 
he was noticeably worse last year than the year before. Like, I, I don't think that's a guy who is going to age like Chris Paul, where he's just good for 20 years. You know, I think, I think his body's going to portray him pretty soon. And, you know, whether it's Philly keeping him for one more run or Houston overpaying him for nostalgia and just wanting him back. I, I think that's a dude that's just going to end up here in the next three years having the worst contract in the league. So, um, yeah, Tobias Harris just needs to go and and team up with Boban and go find that's a team a, and play together. That's just because just gonna say you feel bad for him because he seems like a really good dude. Him and Boban are always on the commercials and having so much fun, but. I agree that that fits just just not really working there in Philadelphia and they need to need to do something and do something fast. So so that's really going to wrap up all the NBA storylines for today. Does anybody else have any big story they want to touch on actually? Real uh, real quick. I just okay. got a someone just tweeted at me um just alluding to to what we were talking about earlier, the Cavs being open to Darius Garland trades. Mm. And uh, apparently the Jazz mm-hmm. are, are calling on him. Oh. Um, it would be trading. Put that in there. It would be a, a package centered around Colin, trading Colin Sexton back to Cleveland, which. Wow. I mean, from what I've seen of Colin Sexton, I really like him but he's more of an undersized two guard, not a pass first guy. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, obviously I'd rather have Darius Garland um, as my point guard than, than Colin Sexton. Um, but also going back to what, what you were talking about, Chevy, like Colin Sexton is a defensive minded guard, right? Like that's someone that could also pair better with, with Don, yeah. especially with the fact that Don likes to initiate the offense, bring the ball up for it. At that point, why do you even have a point guard? You know, so that would be a that would be a thought there if the Jazz are able to to move Sexton and a pick or two for for Garland. I don't think that would be a bad idea at all. I I don't know about you, Shay. I'd love 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 that. I but think it's also one of those Twitter rumors that's too good to be true, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no way. This works in Danny Ainge's favor again. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's just, the thing. I don't know how you get, like, within a few weeks, like, that Collins trade and this trade. Because it yeah. took him... Don't you doubt Danny Ainge, I'm, No, I'm not. But, like, what I'm saying is it took him a month... It took him a month or two to move Don after Rudy... So it's gonna yeah. take a lot of like I don't say I wanna say persuading, but just like a lot of different offers. It's I, true. I will say there is so many moving parts to the NBA, right? Like there are so many cogs in play that like very rarely are these trades just like I always call them like two K trades, right? Those trades <laughs> that work on two K that you remember what it's like in class. There's always that random kid that shows up and is like, uh, the jazz should just package Colin Sexton and 
<laughs> as a boogie for LeBron. Their contracts work, and it's like, shut up. No, yeah. it does. It will never work, right? <laughs> so you don't want to get caught up in that kind of stuff because these trades do take a lot of time and effort to materialize. I don't know if you guys watched the second round of the NBA draft, but like, that was the most confusing shit in the world because oh it's like, God. oh, Dallas is now drafting, but this pick is going to go to L.A. through Chicago, Portland, and Miami first. And it's just like, there's so much stuff like that. Like, that's why, like, in class, anytime you guys didn't want to do anything, you'd just be like, oh, tell me about the collective bargaining agreement because I geek out over that stuff, right? And I could talk about it forever, <laughs> but it's just so confusing with everything that goes into it. So, uh, yeah, like Chevy's saying, like, these trades take time. They take a lot of effort. They take a ton of phone calls. But that being said, in the last 10 years, if anyone has proven that they can do it, it's Danny Ainge. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) I don't know why anyone picks up his phone calls, because you're going to lose that trade. But he just keeps making them. So, For sure. and. I guess this is an angle that we probably weren't thinking about as much, but if you're Donovan Mitchell, I feel like he, he has a pretty solid relationship with Garland. How do you feel about this if, if Garland's on the trade block and everything? I feel like they've gotten really close. Do you guys feel that way? I think uh, so. I don't think any of Don's teammates like him. Really? You don't, you don't think so? Like not no, even I any think... from Utah or anything like that? I mean, you guys know what it's like, like being on teams and stuff. Like, it's one thing to enjoy someone off the court, but imagine playing with a guy who demands this and this and that on offense and straight up refuses to play defense. Yeah. Like he he just was refusing at times last year, just didn't care. And the thing that's so frustrating about that, I mean, you guys know me, I'm not like this big jazz fan or a jazz homer or anything. I just happen to live in Utah, but like I, What's so frustrating for me about Don is when he was drafted, this was a guy that was drafted with the potential of being all defensive, right? Mm-hmm. He's got those really long arms. He's super athletic. He's got, he had great defensive instincts those first few years in Utah. Like, he seemed like the next great two-way guard. And he just decides not to do it, right? And so I think I think he has a ton of friends you know on the team he gets along with the guys but i don't think people love playing with him <laughs> that should be it would be really hard to play with for sure like oh yeah because there's i mean i think that was part of the reason there was always drama in utah because rudy was hard-headed yeah. and so was he I yeah still, i still blame that a lot on don don doesn't want to play defense and rudy can't play offense like yeah. it was gonna explode sooner or later so true that should be our headline gosh and that's the, the thing that sucks so much sorry but like hayden was saying he he could have been one of the best two-way guards in the league but he just decides not to be well you, you look at the way we talk about drew holiday right like, Every that's what he could be their left arm for Drew Holiday on their team. Like, that's another player that's been linked to Utah this offseason. But, like, he, uh, Don could have been so much better than Drew Holiday. He's stronger. He's more athletic. Like, what? Faster, longer, I, I, everything. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> it 
it's it was so hard to watch the last year he was in Utah because like other years you could see like he would try on defense every so often. You're like, yes, that's what we need. Now just do that in the playoffs too. Never happened. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. Yeah, you crazy. That, that that's the difference between you know the the LeBron or the Carmelo and someone. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's a really good comparison. I still say that's our headline from this show. Hayden Coombs says Donovan Mitchell has no friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kidding. Just kidding. But I don't got any clout behind my name anymore. Nor did I ever. But <laughs> Matthew, I just goes... he's been coming to, to like me a little bit. So yeah. just goes viral. Don retweets yeah. it. That would be a nightmare. <laughs> That'd be something he does though too, or he likes it just because he's he's kind of petty. I I moved to Southern Utah to stay out of the spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> you chose a great place. Yeah, you did choose a good spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! Well, with that, I think that's gonna wrap up our NBA talk for today. And I, I think we're going to let Hayden go as well. He's got some things he has to has to go get done and everything. So. Yeah, dude, he has to be a handyman. Has to be yeah, a sorry, handyman. Uh, sorry if you heard my son come in like 30 different times asking me to restart the Super Mario Bros. Wonder trailer. So. Oh, shoot. Go restart that thing. Well, I, <laughs> I've done it like 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, but hey, we really appreciate you coming on and talking some ball with us. This was uh so much fun, and anytime you ever want to come back on, um, we love we love talking to you and love talking sports with you. So we need to do um, like a preseason rankings when it comes around. Yeah, I think that'd be really fun. Oh, it would be sick. That's so many months away though. Yeah, I mean, it, like yeah. I said, when it comes around, it's gonna be dead for sports here. Like, it has been dead. Like shit, we were trying to talk about the Stephen F. Austin bowling coach there the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about that? I'm sure you heard about that, right, Hayden? Oh yeah. Oh it's... yeah. Yeah. Then it had that all-time headline, right? <laughs> yeah. Man doesn't care at all. No remorse at all. Uh, crazy, crazy. But yeah, we'll let you go, Hayden. Thank you so much uh, for doing this. Yep. Thanks for having me, boys. We'll see you. Have a good one. Yeah. Yep, see ya. Now, I think we'll move forward and wrap up the show with some puck talk. Didn't think yeah. we'd be talk, talking puck here in a really long time, but guess what? The NHL draft is here tonight. It's tonight, right? Yep, it's tonight, yep. It is tonight, and I'm just going to Kick it to Anthony because he can wallow in all of his happiness and all of his glory with <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks getting Connor Bedard. Uh, yeah. One overall pick. So, Anthony, what's going down tonight with the NHL draft? So, of course, what Seth said, you know, NHL draft is tonight. And number one overall prospect, Connor Bedard, it's a shoe in um, that he's going to be drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks. My Chicago Blackhawks, my dear and beloved Chicago Blackhawks, number one overall. He's going to make the team great again. You know, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze leave. 
and we get Connor Bedard to fill their shoe to fill the shoes. So I'm the happiest man in the world right now. But after Connor Bedard, it's a little bit of chaos, I would like to say. And and I was looking up some NHL draft stuff as well. Wow. And basically there's this one player that I actually like a lot, but Karmdart is going number one overall, and it's Russia's Mativ Michkov. And I'm seeing this article from ESPN, and it's the weirdest thing ever. So basically, they're saying Michkov can be this, this draft's ultimate X factor because there are multiple NHL prospects that are supposed to go in the first round tonight. They're calling him a mystery man. No one knows a lot about Mitchkov. And they're saying, and you know, the draft is 5 p.m. Mountain Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, that Mitchkov could be taken at two to the Anaheim Ducks instead of Adam really? Fantilli, who is the supposed number two shoe-in to the Ducks. Yeah, that's what they're saying, is that he is literally the mystery, na- mystery man and Arizona Coyotes general manager Bill Armstrong said, nobody has seen him. He's a ghost. Barely any GMs for some reason, either because it's Russia or just because of this mystique around Mitchkov, they haven't met him in person. Yeah. How, how does that work? I don't know. Huh. I like- don't know doesn't make sense to me like it, i feel like you have to check things out and that's a little sketchy but wow yeah. and uh, going back uh, to that do you you are hearing that fetzinelli might not go too because i've heard he's kind of the shoe in everybody else outside of that has been toss up really yeah but no that's what i'm hearing is right now after bedard you know a lot of people are saying fentanyl will more than likely so go number two, but there's so much mystery or Mitchkov and a lot of people are saying Mitchkov has a higher, has that all, you know, Bedard has that highest ceiling, but Mitchkov is the one with the most fascinating ceiling by far. And also that he is the most highly touted prospect to come out of Russia since Alexander Ovechkin from a lot of things I'm hearing. Wow. And that wow. that started when the, even before the season started, it was projected to be a top five pick. But rarely do you see a Russian prospect since Ovechkin go two or three in the NHL draft. And they're saying a lot of things that right now, like this man could be very good. And yeah. A lot of NHL GMs are saying this little pre-draft allure by Mitchkov. A lot of people are compared it to Yarmir Yager. And if you don't know who Yarmir Yager is, Hall of Fame hockey player um, from back in the day that I believe he's from the Czech Republic, if I'm not mistaken. But a lot of of mystique around 
Russia's uh, Mateev Michkov right now that he may go a two and Fantanelli might drop to three to Columbus. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So that's a little shakeup that some people probably aren't seeing, but we will have to keep our eyes on that for sure. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask you that question, but I think you're rolling with Michkov being, being one of your favorite guys in this draft, correct? Yeah, yeah, but at the same point in time, like, you know, the news about this type of stuff, it also could just be, you know, cannon fodder as well. It could mm-hmm. just be, you know what? Yeah, we don't know a lot about this guy, but this draft couldn't go in order because at three, Columbus are probably thinking of taking Will Smith, Leo Carlson, Mitchkov, or even the best defenseman in this draft class, David Reinbacker from, uh, from just from uh, Switzerland. So in reality right now, it's just a lot of late minute drama for the NHL draft tonight. And I'd seen, I think it always kind of happens that way. Doesn't it? There's always sketchy stuff that happens at the last minute, but it should be a lot of fun. And make sure everybody tunes in. Uh, you know, Anthony's going to be tuned in for at least the first pick, so that's something. Yeah, <laughs> something's yeah. good. Then, uh, then I'm going fo- to follow it and then turn it off once the Blackhawks pick in 19 again. So ooh. they have two picks in the first round tonight, but that would, yeah, it should be it should be a lot of fun. We shall see where everybody ends up if Mitch Koff gets cleared with everything or what things turn out to be. Do you have anything else? Believe me, I'm going to be the first one to buy a Connor Bedard jersey. Oh, we know that already. (laughs) We know you've been saving up your cash and (laughs) put it down tonight. But it should be a lot of fun. NHL draft. Very underrated, in my opinion. So make sure you guys check it out. Uh, that's going to wrap up Hockey Talk, and that's going to wrap up, excuse me, Puck Talk, and that's going to wrap up our show for today, unless anybody else has anything to add. No, I think we covered a lot. Yeah. All good. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and see you later.